Welcome to the King's Church Podcast. We are an ACC church based on the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. We'd love for you to join us on any given Sunday. In the meantime, we hope this message blesses you. Today I want to read from the book of 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. And it says this, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Saviour and the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I ask and pray that you would fill us with the resurrection life and hope we have in you. I thank you and praise you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Here in this passage of scripture, it's the only time where it actually describes the Lord Jesus Christ as our hope. Notice this. He doesn't say the Lord Jesus Christ who was our hope. Why doesn't he say that? Well, because the Lord Jesus Christ is still alive. And so here he says the Lord Jesus Christ our hope. Now that phrase, hope, uh, is uh, you know quite nebulous. I mean, in our society, it's very common. You'll find a lot of charities and organisations who who say that what they do is they bring hope to people and that sort of thing. But here, where he says the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope, he's actually telling us that there's a hope we can have only through Jesus Christ. For instance, if he had said the Lord Jesus Christ, our life then you would know that there are some things that we can only get. There's a life that we can have through Jesus Christ. But here he says, the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. So what that means is there are some things you can only hope for if you have Jesus Christ in your life. It's not something that necessarily everyone else can have. But because we serve a resurrected Lord and a resurrected Saviour, as Christians, there are things that we can hope for because we have Jesus Christ in our life. Even more than that, because we're Christians, there are some things we should always have hope for, should never allow ourselves to be discouraged because we have Jesus Christ in our life. And so today I want to talk to you about five things that you can have hope for. Five things that you can have hope for regardless of your circumstances, regardless of the season you're in, regardless of what's happening in your life right now. Five things you can have hope for because you have Jesus Christ in your life. The first thing that we can have hope for is that we can have hope for our future. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says this, For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. So here God is speaking to the Israelites who are God's people and He says to them that I've got plans for you, plans to give you a future and a hope. So what that means is that we can have hope for our future, that we shouldn't be discouraged about our future. Why? Because we have Jesus Christ in our life. Because you have Jesus Christ in your life, you actually get to know your Saviour. You get to know your Maker And He knows why He created you and He knows what He created you for. And because of that, you can have a hope regardless if things aren't working out the way you expected. In spite sometimes of things that have happened in your life, we can still have a hope and an expectation for things in the future. You know, the most powerful thing for me out of that passage, out of that verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, is that He's writing to the Israelites who at that time were actually in the midst of captivity. And in the midst of their captivity, they had had false prophets come to them and tell them that God is going to get them out of that captivity. 
And so they're coming to them and saying, you know, God's promising you that you're not going to stay in captivity anymore. But if you read Jeremiah 29 at the start, the prophet Jeremiah comes to the Israelites and he says to them, hey, you guys, you better build houses. You better plant vineyards, have children, because you're not going anywhere. You are actually staying here for the rest of your life. But then he says in verse 11, but hey, behold the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to give you a hope and a future. And when you think of that, it almost seems contradictory. But what he's saying is this, it doesn't matter where you find yourself right now. God still has a plan and a purpose for your life. Do not allow your current circumstances to dictate to you about whether you think God's got good things for your life or not. Because I'm here to let you know, regardless of what you're going through, some of you in the last couple of weeks have had some very difficult things happen. Some have lost their jobs. Uh, Some are struggling right now because of what's happening in our society. But I'm here to let you know, don't judge your present circumstances by God's plan and purpose for your life. Regardless of where you find yourself right now, God has a plan and purpose for you. What you're going through now won't last forever. It's just a season. But when you come out the other side, you're going to come out stronger. You're going to come out with even greater potential. Why? Because the Lord says to you, just like He said to a group of people that were in captivity, behold the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to give you a hope and a future. Think about Jesus' disciples on Good Friday and Easter Saturday. They were in mourning. They had put all their hope and expectation in Jesus. He had told them he was going to die and be risen again, but they obviously didn't believe him. They were in mourning. What they didn't know was this, that they serve a resurrection God who can recalibrate their futures and realign them with their destiny. And they found out on Easter Sunday that actually God does have a plan and purpose for their life. And I'm here to let you know that regardless of what you're going through right now, you can have hope for your future. The second thing that we can have hope for is that we can have hope for eternity. We can have hope for eternity. 1 Peter 1 verse 13 says this, Therefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So we rest our hope on His grace. We don't rest our hope on anything else. We put our hope on His grace. We don't rest our hope on our own good works. So you can rest your hope on His grace, knowing that it's His desire and His plan to see you make it through to spend eternity with Him. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Notice this, For God so loved the world, He didn't hate the world. He's not looking for an opportunity for you to trip up and keep you out of His kingdom. God is gracious towards you. That's what Easter reminds us of. It reminds us of God's love for us, that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, that we might be saved and not perish and have eternal life with Him. Why would He send His Son to die on the cross for us and then look for any excuse for us to keep us out of His kingdom? It's not like that. We can rest our hope on His grace. You know, a number of years ago, um, my, I used to take my sons uh, to the local time zone uh, and, uh, you know, and we would go and play there and uh, we'd duck out and we'd have a great time. And, and I remember I'd been there a few times and then uh, I don't know how many visits it was. It was probably about four or five. And, and during one of the visits, uh, the girl who was working there came up to me with a bright gold card on it, time zone card with my name on it. 
And she said, Ben, congratulations. And I said, what for? And she said, congratulations, you've now become a gold member of Time Zone. And I thought to myself, how did I become a gold member? I said to her, how do you become a gold member? And she said, well, uh, all you have to do is once you've spent $200 at Time Zone, you become a gold member. And I thought, what? Have I spent that much money in so few visits? My first thought was that my wife Trish was going to kill me. And then I thought, how did I spend so much money that quickly? And then I realised my boys loved this game called the skill tester, the skill tester machines. I don't know if you've seen them. You probably have. And so it's like a booth and inside is some prizes. Sometimes it's fluffy toys or sometimes it's electronic equipment. And there's this great big claw that what you're supposed to do is it's dangling and you're supposed to direct it and then you let it go and drop it and then then if it's able to, it picks up a prize and then drops it in the chute and then you get it. And each time you play it, the game is like $2. And my boys used to love it. They used to want to keep playing this game. Now, I don't know if you've played that game, but if you have, you'll realise that claw is really flimsy. Like literally you would go and then it would drop and it would land on something and land on a toy and it would be so flimsy that so often it wouldn't pick it up or sometimes it would pick it up, barely. And there were even a couple of times I remember that it would let go of the toy before it actually reached the chute. And it was so, you know, it was so frustrating. And I think that's the reason why we went, uh, spent so much money. But well, why am I saying this? Oh yeah, because God's not a skill tester machine. He's not holding you so lightly, waiting for an opportunity to let you go or dismiss you from his presence. No, no, we rest our hope on his grace, that he is willing to carry us through. There are some people watching this and you feel condemned right now. You feel like God has turned his back on you. I'm here to let you know that Easter reminds us that he hasn't turned his back on us, that he sent his son for us to die on the cross because he loves us that much that we might have relationship with him. You can rest your hope on his grace, that you you and I can both have hope for eternity through Jesus Christ. The third thing that you can have hope for is you can have hope for hopeless situations. I can't think of a more hopeless situation than Good Friday and Easter Saturday. The days when Christ was dead and encased in a tomb. I could not think of a more hopeless situation. Yet Easter Sunday reminds us that regardless of the situation, we serve a resurrection God. That the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives in us. Now, Matthew chapter 28, 18 to 20 says this. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So here Jesus is departing from his disciples after he has been risen again. And he is saying to them, I'm with you always. So no matter where you go, no matter if you feel like you're alone, he's with us always. He's with us by his spirit. Now, the thing is that God really loves us and he's really smart. And if he's always with us and and because he loves us, we can actually ask him for his help in a time of need. That literally no matter where we are, even if we're by ourselves, He's actually with us. And so you might find yourself in a situation which looks hopeless. You might find yourself in a situation where you can't see a way out, 
Well, through Jesus Christ, you have a companion who sticks closer to you than a brother, who loves you, who will never leave you and forsake you. And at any time we can seek his wisdom, we can seek his direction, and we can seek his intervention, and he can move on our behalf. So even if you find yourself in a situation that looks hopeless, you'll be amazed that when you invite him into the situation, God can do incredible things in your life. I know myself, there's been many, many times where there's been moments where things have looked hopeless, where it looks like there's no way out, where it looks like there's no way of escape. I have learnt that it's in those times to turn my attention onto him. And when you invite him into your situation, he can do great things. The scripture tells us that he will give us free he will give us wisdom freely and liberally. So if you're lacking wisdom right now and you're in a hopeless situation, you can invite him and ask him to give you the wisdom that you need. The uh, the book of Psalms tells us that well, where does my help come from? I'm surrounded. Where does my help come from? I look to the hills. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. If you feel like you've got no one who can help you right now, if you feel like you're in a situation, you feel like there's no way out, if you've got Jesus Christ in your life, you've always got access to His presence. You've always got access to His Word. And He can guide you and direct you and intervene on your behalf. And I want to encourage someone this morning because there's somebody watching this and you feel like things are hopeless. That right now you're not enjoying your Easter break because you don't know what's going to happen to you on the other side. Why don't you spend the time spending time with the risen Saviour, Jesus Christ? Spend time praying, spend time worshipping, spend time in His Word. Ask Him for His wisdom, ask Him for His direction, ask Him for His intervention. And you might find a situation that looks hopeless. God can shift and turn around for you and do great and mighty things. Because no matter what happens in your life, because of Jesus Christ, you can have hope in hopeless situations. The fourth thing that you can have hope for, you can have hope for this world. You can have hope for this world. You know, there's some parts of the body of Christ that are always like standing back and casting judgment upon the world and that sort of thing. But the scripture tells us in John 3:16 that God so loved the world that he sent his son Jesus Christ. God loves the people in the world. That's why he sent his son Jesus Christ. He wants people to come and know him. So that means we can actually have hope for this world. We can actually have hope for people who we think might be considered hopeless. One of the things I've learned is this, to never prejudge somebody when it come, if it comes to sharing my faith with them. There's been plenty of times when I've felt like sharing my faith with someone and thought to myself, well, they look like they wouldn't be open to what I've got to say. But one of the things I've learned is this, that God loves them so much that he's actively working on his behalf. In my own life, I've had family members and friends come to know Christ who I thought would be completely resistant, who I thought would be completely anti the things of God. And yet God has turned their hearts and brought them to him. A classic example of this uh, is my sister, my younger sister, Anna, who might be watching this right now. And so uh, a number of years ago, I remember when I was at Bible college, this was back uh, back in the late 90s, and um, I had a friend of mine ring me up and she used to go to school with me and my sister. She used to go to high school with us. And she said, Ben, I've just been having this dream about your sister that she was praising and worshipping God in front of a group of people. And I said, well, that's not my sister. I said, she's as far away from that as you can get. 
And she said, no, no, I've been having the same dream every night. I feel like God's saying that he's going to encounter your sister and she's going to serve him. And so when she said that, I said, okay. And so I just started praying for my sister. And I was praying for her every day. And then I remember one time we were down in Melbourne. And, uh, and uh, we were, my wife and I were going to go to church and, and we thought we should take my sister to church. In fact, I didn't think that because I thought my sister wouldn't come. But my wife said to me, she said, Ben, we should take your sister to church. And I thought, she's not going to want to go to church. And then Trish said to me, she goes, she will if we tell her we want to look after the baby. So our eldest son, Amos, was just born at that time. And so I said to my sister, I said, hey, uh, Anna, do you want to come to church with us tonight? She said, no. And I said, well, um, we need someone to hold Amos while, she's, while, he's, while we're there. She goes, oh, okay, I'll do that. I thought, awesome. So she came to church with us that night. And then during the service, um, Trisha turned, over, uh, turned to me and she said, Ben, now, it was at the end of the praise and worship, she said, grab Amos and take him into the foyer so your sister has to stay and listen to the preaching. I thought, brilliant. That's perfect. And so I reached over. I said to my sister, I said, hey, Anna, I'll grab Amos now. I took him into the foyer and I thought, awesome. She's trapped. She's got to stay and listen to the preaching. And then the guy who was preaching was preaching on a topic I've never heard preached before. He's preaching on the futility of celebrity, how people try and pursue fame and and want to be celebrities, but how it can be empty without Christ. Now, the funny thing was at the time, my sister was the lead singer of a group that had a top five single in Australia. And so I just thought, this is, this is it. This, you know, this is the divine appointment. She's going to give her life to Christ for sure. And so um, after the service, we hopped in the car. And I said to my sister, I said, how'd you like church? She goes, oh, not really. I said, what? She goes, I didn't, she goes, it's just not my thing. I thought, oh, that's it. She's a hopeless case. You know, if she can't get, give your life to Christ in that environment, it'll never happen. And so I actually forgot about it and I thought I'd kind of almost given up on her. About a year later, I was at home and she gave me a phone call. Trisha and I were living in North Queensland at the time. My sister's living in Melbourne. She rings us up and and uh, first miracle, because my sister never used to call us. And then she rings me up and, and she says, Ben, is that you? I said, yeah. And, uh, and she started crying on the phone. Second miracle, because she never used to show emotion. And I said, what's going on? And she said, oh, I'll just ring, up, ring you up and let you know that I'm ringing you up to forgive you because you were mean to me growing up and mean brother. And I just want to forgive you of that. And I said, yes, yes, forgive me. I was a mean brother. Now, now where do you hear all this stuff? Because that sounds very Christian. And she said, well, we've been talking about forgiveness in our discipleship group. I said, discipleship group? What discipleship group? She said, the discipleship group at our church. I said, church? What church? She, joined, she goes, a church I found on the internet. She gave her life to Christ. She was a Christian. I remember uh, the next year we were back down in Melbourne. And as I was sta- and uh, we came into the service and uh, we came into her church service to visit her church and I was sitting down the back and the whole time I was weeping because standing on the stage was my little sister lifting her hands, praising and worshipping God and I'm standing back there and I'm thinking to myself, God, there are no hopeless cases. I'm here to let you know there is hope for this world. That family member of yours that seems resistant to the gospel, there is hope for them. Jesus Christ did not die and get risen again just for a few people. He did it for the whole world and his spirit is active working right now and I'm here to let you know that because Jesus Christ is in our lives there is hope for this world the next thing that you can have hope for 
And this is the last thing. You can have hope in his promises, in his promises. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says this, For all the promises of God in Christ are yes, and in Christ, amen, to the glory of God. Through Christ, all of God's promises are yes and amen. And so when God makes you a promise, because we serve a resurrection God, a God who is all-powerful, He can bring His promises to pass in your life. You know, Jesus Christ was the fulfilment of a promise. All through the Old Testament, there was a Messiah that was prophesied about. And Jesus Christ came as the fulfilment of that promise. Not only that, then on Good Friday, Christ the Messiah was actually crucified and he died. What they didn't know then that we know now was that he died to take the punishment for our sin. In their eyes, though, he's their Messiah and he's been crucified. So it looks like a promise God has made to them has actually died. Then Easter Saturday rolls around. At Easter Saturday, nothing happens, which reminds us that when God makes us a promise, sometimes he allows it to die and then sometimes he allows it to stay dead. But then Easter Sunday reminds us that it doesn't matter if your promise looks dead and buried. We serve a resurrection God who can bring that promise back to life. And maybe you're watching right now and I just really feel that there's some people who have been Christians for a long time and right now you feel some promises. They looked promising, but they now look dead and buried. Easter Sunday reminds us it doesn't matter if your, if your promise was crucified. It doesn't matter if your promise looks dead and buried. We serve a resurrection God who can bring those promises back to life. And I want to declare over you today that you're about to embark on a season where promises are being restored, where promises are being revived, where promises are coming back to life because Easter Sunday reminds us that we serve a God who loves us so much that He went to the cross and took the punishment for our sins and allowed Himself to die. But it also reminds us that we serve a God who is so powerful that death could not hold Him down, that regardless of being in the tomb, He could not be kept there and He came back to life. And if that same God makes you a promise, He can bring that promise back to life regardless of the circumstance you find yourself in. So on this Easter Sunday, I wanna pray over you and pray that you will be filled with hope regardless of the current season you're in right now, regardless of the circumstances surrounding you, that you serve a resurrection God, an all-powerful God, and you can be filled with hope in spite of your circumstances. Wherever you are right now watching this, why don't you lift your hands to heaven and let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person right now, regardless of what's happening in their life, I pray that you would fill them with hope, that you would fill them with comfort, Lord God, because the Lord Jesus Christ is our hope, not was our hope, not could have been our hope. He is our hope because Easter Sunday reminds us that He is resurrected and He is alive. And the same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives in us as well. I thank you and I praise you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Maybe you're watching this as well and you have not given your life to Christ. Can I tell you that that's the whole reason why Easter happened? Christ died, took the punishment for your sin and my sin, that we might be made right with God. 
John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that, whoever, uh, that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. All you need to do is believe in him. You don't have to be good enough for him because no one is good enough for him. All you have to do is believe. The scripture also tells us that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, then you'll be saved. So right now, wherever you are, if you believe in your heart, I'm going to lead you in a prayer where you can confess with your mouth and the scripture tells us you will be saved. So wherever you are right now, Repeat this after me if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Forgive me for being a sinner. I ask you to come into my life, to be my Lord and Saviour, be my best friend. Help me to live for you all the days of my life. And I thank you that today I'm joining your family. If you made that decision for the first time and you're watching on our website, Right on the corner, there should be a little hand where you can press that and you can put your hand up. Not only that, feel free to contact us via email or contact us on our Facebook page and we will have one of our pastors contact you. If you're near a King's campus, feel free to join us at any time, especially when we open up again for public services. And if you're not near a King's campus, why don't you find or connect with a local Bible-believing church and, th- and see God do great things in your life. As I told you before, because you have Christ in your life, you can have hope for your future. We're going to finish off this service by continuing to worship God. So wherever you are, before you go and do your Easter egg hunt, we know that a lot of the kids from the church have come over and we've given you Easter eggs to go and do an Easter egg hunt. Before you do that at home, wherever you are, why don't you stand and worship God wherever you are right now and let's thank Him for all that He has done. God bless. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned for new messages weekly. You can keep updated on what's happening in the life of King's Church by following us on social media at King's Church GC. Be blessed.